Satnam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. Satnam. In working with Kundalini, it's important to know history. There were parts of this earth as bipedal hominids were becoming human that were inundated by ice ages. And those were from the poles inward. There were pockets on the planet that were never affected. And in those pockets, human beings evolved extreme consciousness. And in this extreme consciousness, they developed that which we haven't even yet begun to explore. Because they were unaffected by what has emotionally arrested the rest of the planet. A human being is an herbivore by nature, vegan by nature. There are sensitive nerves between your teeth and your gum. And this is why when you get your teeth worked on, they deaden those nerves. When a foreign blood is introduced into those nerves, then sensation is twofold. Extreme danger, because it's foreign blood, and conquest, because it's in your teeth. And the combination of this danger and conquest in the psycho-emotional system turns you crude, rude, obnoxious, aggressive, and cruel. Crude, rude, obnoxious, aggressive, and cruel. We have no protection against these psychologies and emotions because we live in a body that is by nature herbivore. When you have no protection against some infection, you succumb to it. Crude, rude, obnoxious, aggressive, and cruel 
became the human nature outside of these pockets. And the aggression of that nature caused them to conquer and conquer and conquer more territory because a carnivore is a territorial creature. And so you look back in the ancient history of human development and you find the carnivores descending upon these pockets and pillaging them. One of those pockets was the Indian subcontinent, which had developed foods beyond the imagination, woven fabrics beyond the imagination. They had pulled crystals out of the ground and used the powers of these ornaments beyond the imagination. And they developed attitudes of so social natures beyond the imagination. When these pockets were invaded, they found highly conscious beings that were also extremely capable of defending themselves. The Tao is a remnant of that era. Defense that has no offense, where you exhaust the aggressor until the aggressor gives up. Involved in that combination was what Yogi Bhajan called a sage warrior. And the sage warrior must have the eyes of a hawk and the heart of a dove. The eyes of a hawk are able to see great detail at great distance. And the heart of a dove is able to relax and receive. When that sage warrior is able to relax and receive, their cup eventually overflows. When they can see great detail at great distance, they can know the needs of a great environment. And that overflow is then directed towards those needs. And so, if we had millions of sage warriors around this planet, there would be no cruelty, no obnoxiousness, no aggression. That would be necessary because everyone's needs would be met. And when your needs and desires are met, you're in joy. And when you're in joy, there's no need to be aggressive. This is the campaign. The campaign is not whether your ideas or my ideas are the right ideas. Because all ideas are just ideas. 
The campaign is whether or not we are going to infect this world with peace or infect it with crudeness, rudeness, aggression, obnoxiousness, and cruelty. It's like the Native American grandmother who was speaking with her grandchild and said, you know, you have two wolves in your mind. One that is very obnoxious and then one that is very compassionate. And they're always at odds. And the little child said, but Grandma, which one will prevail? And the grandmother said, whichever one you feed. And so what we have is this very ancient tradition that is a misinformation, a disinformation, that was caused by the rudeness, crudeness, obnoxiousness, and aggressive cruelty that said, divinity is egoless. But the fact is, the ego is the glue that holds the soul into the physical body. Ego is a neutral element that will promote whatever you feed it with, like those two wolves. And so the rude, crude, aggressive, obnoxious cruelty invaded the lands and pockets of the sage warriors and said, listen, you can't be both. You either have to be a sage or you have to be a warrior. And if you're a warrior, you have to work for us. And if you're a sage, you have to stick to yourself. And this is a simplistic description of what happened over thousands of years. And in that which happened over thousands of years, spirituality became this mamby-pamby, woo-woo stuff that was so meaningless. That it was like an idea without an ideal. It just sits there. This is not spirituality. This is like yin, 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 yin. Where's the yang? Where's the balance? And so spirituality became impotent. To be spiritual or you were to be nice. Be nice. And everybody on these faux spiritual paths talk about be nice, which is an acronym for neurotic, insecure, confused, and emotional. Nice. 
Be nice now. Well, that's not very spiritual. So spirituality must understand that ego is the glue that lives right there by your heart. It is the glue, and ego is what ego does. Yogi Bhajan often said that he had the world's largest ego. Now, you know that that's just a claim. It can't be measured. But it was a demonstration that do not be egoless. Channel your ego to have those things which will cause you to overflow. And so he then said, you must have the eyes of a hawk and the heart of a dove. And in doing so, you must balance the gut brain, the heart brain, and the head brain. Because when the rude, crude, obnoxious, cruel aggressors set out education, all that education does is educate the head brain. Subjects of pure logic. How about in first grade and kindergarten? Let's have a class in sharing. And right after that, let's have a class in caring. And right after that, let's have a class in how to work with our desires. And right after that, we'll do a little spelling. <laughs> and after that, we'll do with group consciousness. And after that, we'll do a little bit of math. And we'll have these same kinds of classes. And we'll do things like what they call twinning. If you got a really good grade on an examination, you're twinned with someone that didn't get a good grade on that examination. And you will work with them until they know all that you know. Rather than grading on a curve and competing one against the other, which doesn't really say how smart the children are, it just says how stupid the teacher is. <laughs> and what we would be raising in an educational system like that is we would be raising the yin and yang in balance, the sage and the warrior in balance. The kind of children who have strong examples at home because the schools aren't teaching how to love and share. The, teach, the schools are teaching how to compete and hoard information. And to become aggressive with that information. I know more than you. Don't copy. Don't look at 
don't see what I know because then I won't get as good a grade. If you're good, I won't be as good as I could be if you were bad. Can you imagine a world that is being raised from that kind of education? That's the education that comes from the cruel, rude, crude, aggressive natures. We have a few decades to change all of this. We have a few decades to become those sage warriors in mass. And we cannot be concerned about what is going on amongst the rude and the crude and the cruel. Of course we have to put up those roadblocks and keep them from doing too much damage. But they are a global pandemic that has been going on for several thousand years. And we're not going to cure it on one issue or two. We're going to cure it by infecting, and I say that with great respect, infecting the children with the eyes of a hawk and the heart of a dove, with the capacity to be that sage warrior. And then what happens? The answers to the logical questions come right to you. I was testing myself yesterday. I found an online quiz that was at graduate school level regarding waves because I'm working on a concept that works with waves, standing waves, pulse waves, periodic waves, all the different kinds of waves. And so without studying any of the materials, I took the final exam intuitively. And out of the 25, no, 35 questions on that final exam, I got 33 right. Most of which I had never really known that kind of detail before. Logic comes to you when you are balanced. The answers to questions appear correct when you are balanced. Because those which would create imbalance feel incorrect. My ego said, I know this stuff. I'm going to prove it. Defiance is a very useful resource. All those things that you were told, be nice, don't be so defiant, don't be so full of yourself. 
Those were all misleading statements. Statements from the crude, the rude, the cruel, the obnoxious aggressors to try to keep the sage warriors separated so that they could divide us and conquer us. And they even said that it was against the law, a capital punishment, if you taught kundalini yoga publicly. You could only have one chela, one student, one guru, one chela, no more. And that way they could limit the expansion of the wisdom. Yogi Bhajan, even to the day, 1968, India, that myth was still alive. It was still existing. And by his peers, when he said, I'm going to the West and I'm going to teach Kundalini openly in public,